Sunday morning. Time for some jazz. Five songs, five stories, five artists. All with the exception of one I have featured in the past on this program. Today I'm going to introduce you to a uh, an individual that I've not played before, and perhaps she may be new to you. She's relatively new to me. I only started uh, listening to her music uh, earlier this spring when her new album came out on the 16th of April. We'll get to that in a few minutes, but let's start off with a hot cup of coffee, which I currently have, and I'm going to take a quick sip here. Magnificent. Nothing like a hot cup of coffee first thing in the morning to get your day started on the right foot. So, let's kick things off with a classic from Miles Davis, recorded in January of 1965 and released in August of that year from the album ESP. This is Miles Davis with Mood. Thank you. 
from the 1965 recording album 
ESP. Of course, that was a collaborative effort from Miles and Ron Carter. They wrote that song together. It was the final track on the album. Now, a lot of critics um, didn't necessarily love the album at the time, giving it four and a half out of five stars. Because, well, according to Kenny Dorham in the uh, December 65 issue of Downbeat magazine, he said the album is emotionally, as a whole, this one is lacking. It's mostly brain music. This type type of music that uh, has that drone thing that I don't like. But because of the almost flawless presentation, I give five stars, but only four stars for the writing and effort, and no stars for the overall sound. ESP music in general is monotonous, one long drone. Well, critics over time have gone back to look at that album and said, mm, I think he got it wrong. The music still sounds fresh. Miles was in superb form at the time, and that was his uh, second great quintet, cons- consisting of um, Wayne Shorter on tenor sax, Herbie Hancock on piano, Ron Carter on bass, and Tony Williams on drums. The album was a departure from his previous recordings because it doesn't have any balance or standards. And there was only one sole um, composition that Miles contributed to the album. A few of them were collaborative efforts. Mood, Ron Carter and Miles Davis. 81, Ron Carter, Miles Davis. ESP from Wayne Shorter, Little One from Herbie Hancock, and RJ from Ron Carter. Only the song Agitation was written solely by Miles. Nevertheless, it's a great record to be listening to on a beautiful Sunday like today. From the late great master, Miles Davis. Sadly, passed away 30 years ago, 1991. Uh, I don't think there's any ever been any individual who influenced jazz music quite the way he did. Well, music in general, for that matter. He was just, um, well, the master. He died um, in uh, September of 91 from, uh, well, a lot of multiple health issues, bronchial pneumonia, intercerebral hemorrhage, he just, he had, you know, he had a lot of issues, stroke, pneumonia, respiratory failure, he was addicted to heroin when he was younger, and it it did take a toll on him, of course, it does shorten your life, but we will always have the music of his 50-year career, okay, Let's move it along, shall we? I think we shall, and we being me, myself, and I, of course, because I am the only one here doing this. This is a recording from the uh, late Wallace Ronnie from his eighth album, Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie. My apologies to the late Wallace Ronnie. From the album uh, Blue Dawn, Blue Nights. This is Don't Stop Me Now. Thank you. 
from COVID-19. Magnificent musician, and he studied very hard at his craft. He was taught by Clark Terry, Dizzy Gillespie, and studied exclusively with Miles Davis from 1985 until Miles' passing in 1991. Wallace credits Miles with uh, having helped him to challenge and shape his creative approach to life, as well as being his music instructor, mentor, and friend. He was the only trumpet player Miles Davis ever personally mentored. That should say a lot. Certainly does to me. I know you probably could hear the influence of Miles in that recording. He was heavily criticized um, for his first few albums because critics thought he sounded too similar to his idol. Well, when you are mentored by the greatest jazz legend of all time, it's going to rub off on you. He's been featured on over 250 recordings in total. That was at, as of his 40th birthday in 2000. Had he had survived, he would have turned 60 this year. Magnificent artist. Uh, upon... Um, Miles Davis passing, uh, Roni toured with um, alumni uh, Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, and Tony Williams. And uh, during that time, they recorded an album 
a tribute to Miles, which did win the Grammy that year. The late Wallace Ronnie. Sad. Sad end to a um, magnificent career and a wonderful life. Great gentleman. Okay. Switching things up uh, ever so slightly. Uh, we're going to, we, me, myself, and I, I'm going to play a, a selection from an album released in April, uh, on April 16th of this year, actually, from a uh, Danish uh, sax player, Cecily Strange. This is from her album, um, I believe it's titled uh, Bleken or Bleiken. I'm not exactly certain on the pronunciation. Nevertheless, this is When Sunny Smiles.
sunny smiles from the incredibly talented Cecily Strange from Denmark. That's from her second album, which was released in, uh, our third album, sorry, my apologies, released April 16th of 2021. Collaborative effort on, uh, on Cecily's part. This record was recorded on June 10th and 11th of 2019. Now, those sessions yielded two albums, the first being Blue and the follow-up being Bleiken or Bleiken. Not sure about the pronunciation. It's uh, an Icelandic word derived from the old Saxon language, and it means um, to shine or to appear. And this record came together rather magically. During those uh, two-day sessions, it was the first time Cicely had ever played with the three artists that she intuitively knew were the ideal ensemble to manifest her vision. Pianist Peter Rosendahl, bassist Tommy Anderson, and drummer Jacob Hoyer. Pretty spectacular. Two full-length albums in a two-day recording session. That's quite something. Blyken, of course, being her third record. Now, Cicely grew up in a, in a musical home. She began playing the sax at the age of 12. And uh, she studied music in the Danish city of Odense um, with great jazz saxophonist Hens Ulrich. And then she moved on to New York City to study with uh, Chris Cheek. Her deep and soulful sound has gained international acclaim. I think we can expect to hear a great deal of music from Cicely in the years to come as she she's just showing us her starting point. Where we go from here is anyone's guess, but this young lady really has spectacular talent. She's influenced, or I should say, been influenced by a number of players over the decades, of course, as she is quite young. I'd like to tell you a little bit more about her, but I, I, I can't find a great deal of information from her record company, April Records. Perhaps that's why she releases her albums in April? I don't know. Nevertheless, great record from a great player. She's uh, one of the most exciting new voices in Copenhagen's rather dynamic and large jazz scene. I'm going to continue to listen to this young woman because she has got the goods. All right. Moving along. I want to play, and I'm going to play, a track from a gentleman that I featured in the past. Um, magnificent player, originally from Tel Aviv. He now resides in New York City. Uh, this is from his 2015 release on the ECM label. Uh, the album is titled Into the Silence, and this particular composition is called Life and Death. This is from Avishai Cohen. Thank you. 
Avishai Cohen from the album Into the Silence. The title of that track is Life and Death. Recorded in 2015 and released in 2016. Now he had uh, composed those songs in the wake of his father's death. And uh, his grief seems to permeate everything on the album. Much like uh, one's emotions after the death of a loved one. These songs are supple and sad one minute, and sharp and tangled the next. John Fordham from The Guardian wrote, The breadth of jazz references will make this irresistible for fans, but it's beautiful contemporary music for just about anyone. I cannot argue with that. The music itself is just um, spiritual and ethereal all at the same time. Now, Avishai Cohen is, of course, the trumpet player and um, leader on this album. Avishai, Avi, for short. Not to be confused with, um, well, uh, let me back that up. I have discussed uh, the work of Mr. Cohen in the past. He's originally from Tel Aviv, but he resides in New York now. And not to be confused with a fellow Israeli, uh, Avishai Cohen, bass player. They both are jazz musicians, and they both share the same name, and they both currently reside in New York City, but uh, they are um, not the same. Two two individuals who are quite different, although their music is quite spectacular. Now, obviously, I uh, grew up in a musical family. His um, sister Anat and brother uh, Yufel are both uh, sax players. When he was eight years old, he asked his mother if he could begin uh, begin taking trumpet lessons, and at, at ten, he, he began playing with a band. As, as a ten-year-old, he uh, used to have a box that he could stand on to play with the uh, Ryman Big Band. As a teenager, he toured with the uh, Israeli Philharmonic Orchestra, and he went on to attend Berklee College of Music in Boston. He won third place in the Thelonious Monk Jazz Trumpet Competition in 1997, Shortly thereafter, he moved to New York City. Magnificent beard on this young man. Well, it's true. Not going to lie. 43 years of age, so we will hopefully have decades of music from Mr. Cohen in the future to listen to. I really like this album. It is uh, deeply soulful, spiritual, and ethereal all at the same time. All About Jazz reviewer Mark Sullivan stated, I have to wonder whether knowing the background of the inspiration for this music colors the perception of it. It seems unlikely that a listener encountering these tracks blind would guess what they were about. It's beautiful music regardless, and clearly has a unity earned by the consistent spirit in the composing, as well as the spontaneous approach that the group took to this performance. Of course, the group on this, uh, 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 Avi on uh, trumpet, Bill McHenry, tenor sax, Jonathan Avishai on piano, Eric Rivas, double bass, and Nasheet Waits on the drums. Recorded originally in um, Studio Le Buisson, Père La Fontaine, France. Ah, France. Je t'aime, la belle province. No, that's Quebec. I think I need another cup of coffee. I definitely do. So I have one more selection for you today. Um, This is a a jazz standard 
originally uh, written and recorded in 1947, and there are lyrics to this song. However, the composition you're going to hear today uh, does not have lyrics. It's from the 1958 recording from the album Stardust, from the great John Coltrane. The album, however, was not released until um, 1963, so it sat on the shelf for five years. Why, I don't know. That's jazz. Strange things do happen. Now, the track you're about to hear is um, a familiar title. If you um, were around in the 80s, you may remember a song by the same name. This is not that song. Uh, as written lyrically by Sammy Kahn and music by Jules Stein in 1946 and first recorded in 1947 by Sarah Vaughan and the Teddy Wilson Quartet. This recording is from, like I said, 1958, from the great John Coltrane. This is his rendition of the jazz classic, Time After Time. Please enjoy Mr. Coltrane. Thank you. 
Time After Time from the album Stardust from the great John Coltrane. Now the album uh, was released by Prestige Records in 1963 in an attempt to capitalize on his fame. He'd not been recording for them for a number of years at that point. And they took these unissued recordings to put an album together. I guess they sat on them for five years. They were trying to market on his name, like I said, and, and this was done so without his approval. But they did own the tapes, so they did have the legal right to do so. Kind of underhanded, but that's the music business for you. And that recording featured Red Garland on piano, Paul Chambers on bass, and Arthur Taylor on the drums. Lovely recording from a great record, which, again, slightly underhanded in the way they put it together, but it is a lovely piece of music and uh, a very significant uh, version of a jazz standard. The late, great John Coltrane. Well, I see we've reached the end of today's program, and I hope you've enjoyed our time with us. With us? With me? Oh boy, do I need another cup of coffee. Can you tell? I'm very tired. But that's okay. I'll have a coffee, I'll make myself some breakfast, and I'll greet the day in a glorious way. I'm going to listen to some more jazz. Wherever you are in this world, I hope you're healthy and happy. And I hope you are feeling good. Enjoy your day. Until we meet again next week, my friends, take care. <laughs>